SEO ain't easy and it damn sure ain't easy if you don't know what to measure or the common pitfalls. Eli Schwartz is unpacking how his product-led SEO approach might just save you a ton of wasted time and money. Let's get it. Eli, pumped to have you here, dude. So when, when people think about SEO and how to judge if SEO is effective for them, they either think of a ton of things or they think of nothing, right? They're just overwhelmed. So when someone comes to you and they're wanting to get into the SEO game, like what type of KPIs do you guys create at the beginning of this exercise, we'll call it, to understand as you move forward how a campaign is successful or not? God, I love that you're asking me this, Ryan. It's great to be here with you. So, so often there is no KPI. And I start asking these questions and really digging into it. Like earlier today, I was on a call with, with someone they wanted to get into SEO. And they said, who's your customer? And they like vomited out a bunch of stuff at me. And I'm like, that doesn't sound like a customer. That sounds like a, you know, a Christmas wish list. Like you have to know who your customer is. And then from knowing who your customer is, then you can decide what your SEO KPI is, which is I would like to reach my customer and I'd like to sell them this widget or I'd like them to sign up for this subscription. So by, by really understanding what it is that you're trying to get out of SEO, you do a really good job of figuring out how you're going and find those people. Now, when you don't do that, that is when you get into that space where you said, you hear too much about SEO. I need keywords. I need tools. I need I need all this stuff. I need crawl budget and like just stuff like that is made up and, and gets thrown at people. And then a lot of times it's not applicable. That's because they haven't thought through the customer. Like if you don't know who your customer is and what your customer is going to be doing on the internet and searching for you, then you zero in on like, well, I need to rank on this keyword because the tool tells me that's the most important keyword in my space. When you know who your customer is, and you know that your customer doesn't use a mobile device, for example, then you don't, you know, you don't need to target mobile search. Or if you know that your customer doesn't use search, say you're selling like a hardware B2B product, then you don't actually do SEO. You know, very often I'm telling people, don't do SEO, don't invest in this channel. So I think it's so important that from the outset of doing any SEO, you acknowledge and you figure out what your KPI should be. And if there isn't a KPI, reconsider doing SEO. So it sounds like uh, KPI in a lot of uh, the scenarios for you is something like a conversion, right? Signing up for something, buying a widget, et cetera. Um, I'd love to unpack what you said there. We said sometimes you tell people SEO isn't a good path for you or a good avenue, a good marketing channel. So can you give us like maybe with like company names or something, one or two companies that are doing SEO well and maybe like a type of company that either shouldn't do SEO or doesn't do SEO. So we can start to like wrap our head around like the types of products or services that are good and bad for SEO. Yeah, so my favorite company that does SEO well or did SEO well in the past, but maybe doesn't do it as well today is Zillow. So the only way that Zillow was really able to market their core product, their initial core product of people's home valuations is through SEO. They've created something that they knew people would be searching for. They're going to be searching on the internet and they built something, a product for SEO. So they did it really well. Now you want to know who does things not as well? Think about anybody that's really marketing a B2B product. And I've consulted for some of these companies in the past until I figured out this wasn't a good fit and it'd be the best use of my time to tell them not to do SEO and to do other marketing channels. So you're selling a B2B product Say it's a long sales process, long sales lead a product, which takes, let's say, six months before anybody signs a million dollar contract from the dotted line. 
that doesn't make sense to do SEO. You'll never be able to prove that SEO was a part of that. So your investment, and, and it is an investment, SEO is not free. Your investment will never be justified. So any B2B product that really is expensive and complicated and has multiple touch points, those are the kinds of things that I think you veer away from doing SEO because the KPI is wishy-washy. But when the KPI is very clear, again, e-commerce, Zillow is, my, again, my favorite example, but e-commerce is very obvious, like commoditized products for the most part. You can buy it on any website and you'll buy it from the website that shows up first. Again, provide there's brand recognition. Like if the product is on Amazon, you're more likely you have the, you probably have logged in, you have the app, you'll just buy it. Whereas if it's on some more obscure website, you think about, do I want to really give my credit card info? Do I trust the shipping? Do I trust any of this process? But if they're ranking high and it looks legit, you might buy it there too. So that's where ranking and visibility becomes important. But outside of that, I really think you know, you have to justify whether SEO makes sense, whether there's an SEO user behind it. And it's not really primarily about conversions and dollars. There are other things that can come out of it. Again, as long as there's something coming out of it. So for a B2B product, maybe it doesn't make sense to invest in SEO from like a marketing standpoint, but it makes sense to invest in a little bit of SEO to have a decent website that when someone does watch a Super Bowl ad, for example, and they go to Google the product, there is something there because if there isn't something there, that'd be a terrible scenario and a terrible waste of money for your Super Bowl ad. Whereas I wouldn't go and build a full featured website and trying to you know act like you're selling e-commerce if you don't do e-commerce. Got it. So someone thinking about investing in SEO that isn't a big brand, doesn't have a million dollar budget, what do you normally tell that person that may maybe they're a solopreneur or they got a, a smaller team doing like sub let's just say like sub 5 million a year type of revenue, is SEO typically a strategy at that level or does it only make sense with bigger budgets? Again, we're talking like typical average situation. I think it doesn't depend as much on the company as it does on the user, the end user. If there's an end user for it and there's a hunger and a thirst for what the company is going to be creating, and you can validate this use this hunger and thirst by talking to actual users going on Reddit, going on Quora, looking at places where people ask Facebook, Facebook groups, like looking at places where people request information and share things. Let's say on, on travel tips. I, I think we can have endless websites around travel. People are always curious about travel and you can create lots of products in the travel space. Whereas if you're selling a service and it's a local service, you're a solopreneur, even if you make a lot of money as a solopreneur, maybe SEO is not your channel. Maybe that's when you're going to want to take out-of-home ads and do ads on the radio or something like that. It really depends on how users are going to find you and what the competitive space looks like rather than who you are as a company. You can get away with some very cheap SEO if people are looking for it and you have a defined niche where you can create the content, or you can spend an insane amount of money in SEO and literally see zero results. Yeah, it's interesting. So a lot of different strategies and you always hear, and this is in every industry, but things are always changing. And I know it's the same in SEO as well. We'll just say there's probably other platforms, but Google makes a tweak and it can totally change on what works and what doesn't work. So like right now with where we're at right now in 2022, what do you see as like the biggest opportunity in terms of SEO, like based on your expertise and the type of people you work with? So I think SEO is an endless opportunity because Google is doing a great job. So Google's an AI engine. So I don't really care about Google's tweaks because what ultimately what Google's doing is they're optimizing their AI, which is search, towards better understanding users and better understanding websites. And that will continuously progress. So if right now you're taking advantage of some hack or some black hat or some gray hat or anything that's a hack, expect that to close. 
But if you're creating really great content and you have a really good product that users love, you may not do well in search today, but you'll do better in search in the future as Google figures out what users, that users want you and how they can be finding you because search will get more specific. So the big opportunity in search is understand your users, create content for users, know that there's a thirst for what you are doing and search will follow. It may not follow today, but it will follow in the future. So if you're creating great things for users, that's ultimately what Google wants. Google wants to bring, and whatever other search engines will exist, wants to bring people to that. Now, on the topic of other search engines, I think there are other search engines. And we, we think about it a little bit too myopically. Well, it's Google versus Bing. It's not really Google versus Bing. It's Google versus Apple. It's Google versus Amazon. It's Google versus any other service out there that's going to be able to drive users towards something. Right now, Facebook uses Bing. Maybe Facebook will make their own search engine. Search isn't as complex as it used to be in the past. Search is now about AI. Search is about capturing the users. So if I were Google, and I think Google is scared of, of Amazon, so like that's the way to think about it. It's like, how do you make sure that people can find whatever you do on Alexa when they do a search on Alexa or they find whatever they, they you do on it if they do a search on Amazon? So they ask the opportunity, which is really, how do you understand search engine best practices, continue to create for users and make sure that you're aligning with best practices so the search engines can find you. So you you said create great content. Maybe it doesn't show up today, but it shows up in the future. How often does do you see like, you know, this article doesn't do anything for like a year and then it just randomly starts getting traction? Is that pretty common uh, that something could just start ranking out of the blue? If user demands change, and I have seen that multiple times where a company writes a piece of content, they're forward looking and nothing happens. You know, the other day I was talking to a company, they make a really good OCR software. There are no search terms for their space because no one knows yet that they could do OCR in that space. You can't create more search out of it, but they're continuing to create content. So as awareness builds around the, the service and awareness builds around the technology that they and their competitors offer, search will get there. And one day that article that had no searches at all because no one was looking for will do well. And if you think, and again, I don't know, but if you think that the age of a piece of content matters, that the content was available to Google first, they've been available for years and that will help them. And the fact that their content is very rich and explains things in a way that no one cares to know now, I think will help them in the future. But there's really nothing they can do to create that demand until the demand is there. Yeah, no, totally makes sense. And for somebody that, to use this example, right, they're thinking ahead, they're creating content for the future, or just anyone creating content with the goal of optimizing that written content for SEO. What is like, if you had to pick one, I know this is probably going to be tough, but if you had to pick one like common rookie mistake that you see all the time when you you hop in to like check out a company's past strategy or looking at it for a friend, like what do you see like over and over again where you just kind of like facepalm? I think the big one is this, uh, there's an obsession with data. So I, I was just talking to a, a friend who told me that at his company, they spend 10 hours per week pulling data. Like, what do you do with that data? Like, so you find past search behavior, great. It's the data I think you should be looking at is really understanding your users. What is that that your users are looking for that you don't offer yet? Instead of going to a you know, SEO tool looking at content gap analysis, oh, look, my competitors have created this and they rank on this content, I should create it also. Go to your customers and say, what do we not offer that our competitors offer so we need to offer? And I think about user journeys in the context of SEO it's not about how much traffic goes on a piece of content. 
It's about, do I have a complete user journey that as a, as a user hops through from page to page, understanding what it is I do or understanding my space, that there's never a gap where they're like, well, I don't understand this. I'm going to go to Wikipedia or I'm going to go to competitor. Build the full user journey. So that's the big mistake I think people make, which is really focusing too much on technical SEO or focusing too much on competitors or focusing too much on past data instead of really talking to users and layering SEO best practices in delivering to users what they want. And it sounds like kind of going to the customer journey aspect of it, it's creating that content that continues, I always like to say, continues to take people down the rabbit hole, right? Oh, this article, and then what's the next logical step that someone's going to have? And then at the bottom of that article, it's the next article that is the next logical step and so on and so on and so on. Is that what you're referring to? Absolutely. Understand the user, create for the user. Don't create for search engines. Don't create based on keywords and don't create based on SEO best practices. Your users buy. You know, there's a new concept with an SEO of using AI written content. I think it's helpful in some respects, but if you're trying to sell something and it looks like AI written content, that doesn't help sell. Users buy from other users. So you need to be human. You need to understand your customers. Awesome, dude. And Eli, where uh, somebody is interested in you and in, in your more uh, what's called product-led SEO, that's your jam. This is your space. You wrote a book on it, literally. Where can people learn uh, more about what you do and what you offer? So check out my book, my book, Product-Led SEO. It's on Amazon. I'm trying to change the conversation around the way people approach SEO. Think more holistically, think more strategically, understand users. So hopefully that book will be helpful. That's why I wrote the book, not I don't think anybody gets rich off of books, Not certainly not in the marketing space. I really wanted to change that conversation. And then find me on LinkedIn. Just search my name or find me on Twitter. And then I have a website for the book, productledseo.com. Cool. Awesome, dude. Well, thanks for uh, bringing some value to the conversation today. You didn't change the conversation, but you definitely brought some value. So I appreciate that, dude. And uh, we'll talk soon. All right. Thanks for having me, Ryan. Hey, before you go, real quick, real quick. Take a screenshot, shoot this over to a friend. That's how we grow the show. You share it, I keep producing awesome content. Deal? Deal. Oh, and by the way, if you're ready to create your own content funnel, head over to contentfunnels.co and snag a time on my calendar today.